G'day folks, I'm Billy Pennell. Welcome to the Music Show. This edition is a special one for me because my friend Tom Gleisner has agreed to share with you and me some of his favourite recordings. G'day Tom. Hey Billy. Now while Tom is queuing up his first selection, let's begin as we always do on the Music Show with an Australian artist. This time it's singer-songwriter musician Sasha Ian and her four-piece band Voodoo Economic who began life as a trio, two guitars and drums. For their debut album, Slow Poison, they recruited bass guitar player Ben Franz, who'd previously played in another Australian band called The Waifs. Listen closely to how Sasha's vocals are complemented so well by bass and rhythm guitar during the first part of this song called No Sense. Polly left no dress, Polly gets around, stole a credit card in the dressing gown. Didn't have a reason, didn't have a reason. Polly stole the loan, that's a lover's car, and the credit card, it didn't get a far. She made it to the movies in time to steal a ticket to the app. Economic and a song called No Scent from their outstanding debut album, Slow Poison. Thanks, Billy. Now, um, I've been listening to the podcast for uh, well, a couple of weeks now, thoroughly enjoying, um, I think you'd have to call it your eclectic uh, choices of music. <laughs> We've had everything from jazz trumpeters to um, covers of Nirvana songs by uh, Tori Amos. It's been uh, it's been fascinating but you've um you sort of inspired me to uh bring a few uh a few of my favorites to the uh, desk if that's right based on some of the stuff you've you've played over uh, over recent um weeks do you remember you played a neil young uh song on the way home was it neil or was it buffalo springfield well in buffalo springfield uh neil wrote the song but richie Fure was the singer right on that song most of neil's songs he would sing the lead himself but this one he didn't but on the album he released, the live album he released late last year, uh, called Blue Note Cafe, that he recorded originally back in 1988, um, he sang that song, and with one of the few covers on the album were songs that weren't part of the Blue Notes album that he recorded back in 88. And I thought it was a fascinating choice. Absolutely. It was Neil singing one of his mate's uh, vocals. Absolutely. Well, I, I'll go even further back. Another uh, Neil Young live album from 1971. In fact, it's one that uh, you put me on to. It was uh, Neil live at Massey Hall, and uh, he opened the concert with um, with On The Way Home.
Now, Bill, if we can stay with the uh, Neil Young theme just a moment. Uh, you and I saw Neil live in concert quite a few years ago. Do you remember the evening when um, uh, somebody called out a request in the crowd? They called out for Heart of Gold. They said, play Heart of Gold, and poor old Neil's shoulders just slumped. He said, you won't be hearing that tonight. He was doing new material. I can't remember what album he was promoting at the time. Oh, I think it was one called El Dorado. Oh, that was yes. only ever released in Australia, as far oh, okay. as I know. Okay. Well, People he did... have to look that up on YouTube now, won't they? But they're all new songs. Absolutely. Which well, we loved. And this is the fascinating thing about this, um, uh, this recording in 1971 at Massey Hall. Neil says that he's going to do all new songs, and... Uh, I want you to take a a little bit of a listen to one of these new songs. In fact, it's a classic Neil Young song, Old Man. Uh, But, of course, at the time, to this audience, it was a totally new song. And there's a lovely little bit of Neil crankiness just at the beginning where he tells someone off in the crowd for taking photographs. Have a listen. The clicks are out of time and uh, it makes me take my mind off what I'm trying to do. You know... At the end, or when something's happening, like everybody's clapping or something, then take the pictures, okay? Thanks. (laughs) Other words. It's a new song that I wrote about my ranch. I live on a ranch now. Lucky me. should have started playing with that thing. There's this old man who lives on it that uh, he came with the place when I bought it, you know, like they have uh, ranches have foremans, you know, usually it sort of like stays there with the cows no matter who owns it. about 70 years old or something like that. Young from uh, his 1971 live recording at Massey Hall. You didn't thump that person that yelled out, but some do. Some jump off the stage. And get very angry. They actually did. 
physical harm to the audience. The angriest... I'm not saying who it was. No, no, no. Well, I'm the angriest I can remember is... Uh, do you remember uh, uh, Ryan Adams is uh, famously... Uh, <laughs> Renowned for it. there's always one idiot in the crowd that uh, yells out, "Do summer of '69." Ryan doesn't take it well. Let, it, let that be our tip uh, to he you. He demanded the person be removed. Indeed, and I did. wasn't ready to be removed. Bill, having a good night out. Okay. Uh, also, a couple of weeks back, you played a fabulous version by Tori Amos of "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and it's it's when you've got a, a, a such a brilliant song, I guess it's understandable that great singers are often drawn to want to cover it. I'm going to play you a little bit of another cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit, and I want you to try and guess who it is. Build up on guns Bring your friends It's fun to lose to pretend she's overboard myself for sure I know I know a dirty Smells like teen spirit. Bill, any idea who? No, but I, I loved it. And isn't it interesting that, that you chose to play a woman singing a song composed by Kurt Cobain and another woman that, you, that we've both agreed on are great singers and they can get the essence of what they think the song might be about. It's a very obscure Absolutely. song. And you don't need to have the song explained to you by anybody. It's like on the war us, but it's how it's interpreted. And whoever that was nailed it. She, she was, I think, so effective in interpreting the song in her own way. I think she's a woman who's capable of uh, interpreting great songs. Patti Smith. That was doing that was uh, her version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. All right, we'll move on uh, another week or two with uh, with uh, Billy Pennell's music show. And you you featured uh, one of my favourite songs, Looking for the Heart of Saturday Night. Dion, was it? Great version, but I thought it was by Dion, with, with um, his, his doo-wop salute and, and a great horn section. Absolutely. Of course, the song written originally by uh, Tom Waits. And I, I love Tom Waits, and I, I think he's, he's a, a wonderful songwriter. He's, he's a bit like Bob. Dylan for some people they get put off by his voice as in he's you know he's not he's not Elvis but we've talked about this bef- before that you don't have to sing notes only dogs can hear to Absolutely. be a good singer in fact Absolutely. a lot of people that do sing notes only dogs can hear aren't really great singers no they don't have they don't communicate absolutely and 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 Tom Waits I guess because generally he's singing his own songs um is I I think a a wonderful songwriter a wonderful singer and and great singers are attracted to his song so I'm going to give you a couple of some of my favourite Tom Waits covers. Well, I'm leaving my family I'm leaving all my friends My body's at home But my heart's in the wind And the clouds are like headlines Upon a new front page sky my tears are salt water, the moon's full and high. And I know your comrade would be proud of me, many before me, 
Tom Waits's classic song "Shiver Me Timbers," covered by Bette Midler, and I think I think Bette's done a couple of a uh, couple of Tom Waits covers over the journey, and it just he's a great songwriter. Tom Waits, clouds are like headlines on a new front page sky. Only Tom Waits could come up with that. Bill, here's another Tom Waits cover. If I have to go Will you remember me Or will you find someone else Along the way There's nothing for me In this world full of strangers It's all someone else's ideas I don't belong here And you can't go with me You'll only slow me down Until I send for you Don't toss your hair that way If you cannot be true Okay, pretty obscure Tom Waits song but not such an obscure singer Mary Black, beautiful Irish uh, singer. Who toured Australia just recently. She did indeed, uh, a regular here and that was a song called If I Have to Go, which I only ever heard you gave me a Tom Waits triple CD pack. It was Orphans, Brawlers, and it was something else. And songs that he'd never released. And this was a beautiful song called If I Have to Go that uh, that Mary Black was uh, obviously attracted to and uh, and recorded. Now, Tom himself, Tom Waits, doesn't often record other people's songs, but here's one of my favourite few times Tom Waits does do a cover. Somewhere 
in case you're wondering, Tom Waits with Somewhere from West Side Story. <laughs> Which as, is a great song. Indeed, and it's covered as only Tom could. All right, let's move on. Uh, another week or two with uh, The Music Show, and you featured Jeff Buckley. Uh, Everyday People was the song, and a lot of people know Jeff. Uh, tragically, he died uh, very young, but an extraordinary singer. But he's an old man. Could also hold a tune. He's a wonderful singer. Once again, Bill, you probably don't remember, but decades ago you gave me a, a it was a double CD this time of um, Tim Buckley, Jeff's dad, live. live indeed. I think it was called Dream Letter. That's right. It's got uh, a blue cover. <laughs> yeah, it does have a blue cover because I found it. It was recorded in 1968 in in London. He was uh, he was touring. I don't know whether he was well known or famous or. Uh, well, he had well. I know it's a cliche, but he had a cult following probably in most right. countries of the world that heard his. Recordings. He had no hit records, none of his albums made the charts, but he was such an extraordinary singer and very eclectic. He would cover all sorts of material. And so I think once people heard him, like they did when they first heard Jeff, they thought that they discovered somebody really special, which gave him an audience. And Absolutely. had he have not lived the sort of life that he did, there may have been no stopping him. He was extremely charismatic, a wonderful songwriter, and a great interpreter also. He did a Fred Neal song called The Dolphins, which is a magnificent piece of music. Well, now you mention it, Bill. That was the very song I wanted to play because it, it is. A, I first heard this song. I think Billy Bragg covered it. He Can did. you believe it? But Fred Neal was. Um, he, Fred Neal wrote "Everybody's Talking" would be probably his biggest hit. But this fabulous song called Dolphins, and it was it was covered by Tim Buckley, father of Jeff, way back in 1968. Here's just a little taste. Sometimes I think about Saturday's child And all about the time You were running wild I've been a searching For the dark
was Tim Buckley from his live album Dream Letter way back in 1968 covering the Fred Neil song Dolphins. What a classic, Bill. What a great song. It's interesting to play the two together because I guess generically they're, they're going to have similar voices like Julian Lennon and, and John Lennon. Did Absolutely. People used to criticize or Jimmy Barnes John. and the Tin Lids. I mean, I very, very no, similar. You're, you're right. And it's it's not fair to criticise someone who who might sound a bit like their dad. I mean, they can't do much about exactly. it, can they? Exactly. It they is. sound like their mum be a different thing. That'd be a worry. That'd be my worry. Speaking of... Um, I was trying to link it here to well, London. Here's the link. London, England, anyway. Richard Thompson, who I don't know much about. You played um, I'll Tag Along a few weeks with, back. With um, Judith Owen doing the backing singing, who's coming out here for the Adelaide. That's Festival. right. Now, Judith, Judith toured with Richard. Uh, Richard Thompson did a, uh, or might still be doing a tour of, like, the complete history of popular music. That's and he did, he did. And did an album. He did Britney too, Spears he? songs and all sorts That's of right. fascinating things. But he, he's, I gather he's a bit of a hero in the, in the British folk um so well, early folk he, rock. He was a pioneer period. of British folk rock because he was he was part of a band called Fairport Convention, yes. an original member of, of that band, who still play and record to this day, not with the exact same sure. lineup that they did back then. And he's much admired for his ability to, to fuse English folk with with rock music. He's a brilliant guitar player, a great live performer, mm. both with a band and and solo. And as you, as you said, um, his, his tours now, which which are fairly frequently. Uh, for the last 10 years, we've featured Judith Owen as, as a backing singer and sometimes a keyboard player. Well, this is... a great association. Absolutely. This this goes back a few years before that, uh, that uh, teaming up. It's, uh, I think, one of his earliest songs. It's a beautiful tune called Dimming of the Day, performed by Mary Black. This old house is falling down around my ears. I'm drowning in the river of my tears When all my will is gone You hold me sway I need you at the dimming Mary Black singing Dimming of the Day, a, a, a Richard Thompson uh, early piece. And, and Richard used to sing with his wife, Linda, from memory, was uh, yes. part of the original band. And all they had a wonderful work. album called Shoot Out the Lights, a classic album. But um, they, they, um, they broke up acrimoniously, I, I believe. And um, their son, Teddy Thompson, is also a wonderful singer oh, okay. and a wonderful composer. And so there's there's um, a, a family of a dynasty of, of Thompsons now, and 
uh, Linda, only in the last few years, she lost her voice for some reason. She put out years. an album, Bill, a few years back. It was called Fashionably Late, and I think the <laughs> title referred to the fact that it was like 20 years yes, or something she since she'd been near a microphone. Yeah, and she also is a great singer. I mean, she was also part of that um, that contingent of musicians who included like Bert Yance and John Renborn who were in Pentangle. Yes. And people like Jimmy Page would go and watch... And Paul McCartney would go to the folk clubs and watch these great acoustic players play. And I remember um, quite often when Donovan's interviewed, he said, oh, of course, I taught Paul McCartney how to play acoustic guitar. He may have, yeah, if may I wasn't have, there. Yeah. But Paul said that he would watch Bert Yance and John Renborn okay. and, um, and Richard Thompson, players like that, and maybe just get a little bit some pieces from them and Davy Graham and others. Of course. Well, uh, Richard Thompson, a, a great songwriter, and great songwriters are always covered by other great musicians, R.E.M., covered a song of uh, Richard's called Wall of Death. It's a Wall of Death, I gather, is like a ride at a fun fair. It's like a, a merry-go-round but, or a you know, Big Dipper. Big Dipper, something like that. Uh, and this is a little bit of R.E.M. and Wall of Death. Now, Bill, the Rolling Stones have just performed, uh, I think it was a small, a modest show, only a, probably a few few hundred turned up in Cuba, of all places. Half a million, apparently, Half Tom. Half a million. And for the first time since the mid-50s, Western music was legally able to be performed live in Cuba, and who better than to do it than maybe the greatest rock band or performing band of all time, Absolutely. the Rolling Stones. It must have been an extraordinary experience for the locals who'd been listening to it underground for all those years, Yes, and for the band themselves. And this comes right on top of President Obama's visit to Cuba only a few weeks ago, so... It just augurs well, doesn't it, for, for a country that's been in isolation uh, for all those years now, to just to be able to share what they've got over there. Because, of course, Roy Cooter went to Havana, remember, and recorded the Buena Vista Social Club. And back in the early days in the 50s, it was Frank Sinatra and, and those, uh, those folks would get down. Reason, for, well, a little, little <laughs> bit of gambling, a little bit of singing. But, yes, it's been a long time between drinks, hasn't it, it from has, the, yeah. from, with American music making it down there. Yeah, and um, this will open the way, I think, for more rock bands now to perform 
legally in um, in Cuba. Sure. Well, so, the, I was wondering whether um, the Rolling Stones have probably had you know dozens of backing singers with them um, over the, over the decades. But one of their most famous backing singers is a woman by the name of Mary Clayton, not Mary, Mary, as in Merry Christmas, uh, an extraordinary uh, singer in her own right. And she was featured in a documentary a while back called Twenty Feet from Stardom, and it was about. You know, the role of backing singers. Oscar that year. It did. It was a best documentary. Fantastic. Well, well worth checking it out. Um, it's about all, all those people who stand either on stage or in a recording studio, effectively 20 feet away from the lead singer, providing the do-wops or the, the whatevers in, in the background. And um, she's perhaps best known, well, for me anyway, after seeing that documentary, for being the woman singing backing vocals on Gimme Shelter. And for the... Uh, one or two people out there who might not know what we're talking about, take a, a listen to a tiny bit of the Stones Gimme Shelter. Incredibly distinctive uh, vocals or backing vocals there from Mary Clayton. Uh, and in this documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom, have you seen it, Bill? Yeah, I've seen it many times now, Tom. It's one of my favourite music documentaries. And just tell the story of how she was approached by the Rolling Stones to do that session. Middle of the night, she says she got a call from her manager saying there was this British band in town and they needed someone to come down and sing uh, sing some vocals. She was heavily pregnant at the time, so she literally threw on a you know a, a dressing gown and, and went down to the studio. And there was Mick and and Keith, and uh, they they had to explain what they wanted done because the the line is something like rape murder. It's, it's just, just a shot, shot away. away. Yeah, so she was a little uh, uncomfortable with that, but they sort of explained the backstory. So she went in and did one take and she she describes looking through the, the glass in the studio and seeing Mick and Keith's faces just in shock. I don't think they'd heard a woman because it's kind of got that gospel, uh, bluesy, ballsy, incredible sound. And then she said she thought, I'll just do one more. She did a second take. And uh, here's her vocals, uh, which on this documentary they've managed to isolate. Absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> even even the way her voice slightly cracks. It's got that little squeal. And it, it, it's a bit of a gimmick because in another edition of the music show, I was going to play Bridge Over Trouble Water by Mary Clayton, yes, yeah. where she uses that little squeal in that too. So Bobby Blue Bland had this growl that he mm. used to use. Yes. Like everyone's got a gimmick. PJ Proby used to split his pants. Jimmy mm. Henry set his guitar on fire. Yes. Who smashed all their instruments? Well, Mary doesn't go that far. She's no. got this little squeal. A little vocal gimmick. Again. That's, that, that's just her way of saying, this is me. No one else can do it. This is Mary Clayton. Absolutely. And to, the, to this day, when you hear, give me a shoulder by the stones, you, you'll know it's, it's Mary Clayton in the background. Now, we're, we're almost getting towards the, uh, the end of uh, my guest spot here on the, uh, on the podcast, Bill. But I wanted to... Um, I wanted to explore a theme with you, um, and this comes from... You played a Van Morrison uh, track a while back, I've Been Working, 
And um, I'm, we're both big fans of, of Van. Not, not every album. Occasionally, I think he wanders in <laughs> into the studio a little un- underprepared. But when, when the albums are great, they are, they are really great. One of my favourite Van Morrison songs, um, I don't even know what it's about. I suspect Van doesn't either. It's called St. Dominic's Preview. A pretty early track from memory. Well, that album came after the, 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 the more, not commercials, the more accessible ones like Moon Dance and his band in the street choir. Then came St Dominic's Preview, and I think it's a cathedral or a church somewhere that Van may have worshipped in. Sure. And the songs on that album were a lot longer, I remember, than the songs on the previous album. So he was really experimenting with his songwriting and his arranging, I think, on albums like that, and good on him for doing that. And um, it's a song that he still does live. Yes. And a lot of the early songs he doesn't do live because he just does what he wants to do. Van's moved on from those days, hasn't he? But I remember fondly listening to that album and and just saying to myself, isn't it great that he's moving on from a lot of the shorter songs that had uh, a punchy brass section in there for a lot? And this was just a bit more... Again, experimental may be the word. Mm. It's something I really enjoyed in his music. Is that one of your favourite records too? Absolutely. And this is a recording you might not have heard. He did it for an Irish music show, I think, called Salt. So it's a slightly different version, but it is a little taste of St Dominic's preview. We were back in San Francisco Trying hard to make this whole thing blend Yeah, we sit upon this jagged story block with you, my friend. And it's a long way, long way to Buffalo. It's a long way to Belfast City, too. Hoping that Joyce won't blow the hoist. Cause this town, they build off much more than they can chew Here we get down on 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 St. Dominic Preview And Morrison, St. Dominic's Preview Now Bill, here is my test for you in St. Dominic's Preview, Van references two other singers. He, he talks about Edith Piaf's soul and um, every Hank Williams train that cries. <laughs> Hank Williams is often referred to. And it got me thinking of um, other songs where, where um, a band or an artist has referred to another band or artist. Oh, that's an interesting question. There's, there's, yeah. there's probably a lot. Well, I guess the most obvious. Uh, let's have a listen to it now. Smoke on the Water, of course, where they refer to none other than um, Frank Zappa and... The Mothers of Invention, who banned at the time. Who burnt something to the ground at some point. So that, that is one of the, one of the I guess, uh, the more iconic references to another actor. Of course, more recently, Maroon 5 did. Moves like Jagger. Can you think of any other uh, uh, songs, Bill, where uh, a band or an artist gets referred to? Well, there's lots. Um, Van Morrison, 
did one called Jackie Wilson Said. Did. That's about one of his favourite singers. And Hot House Flowers also covered that song. And see, Van's Irish. Hot House Flowers are Irish. Yes. And so there's a connection there. And there's a, there's another song that you mentioned to me. Did Don Henley... Did, Boys what, what was of the Sum- Don Henley song? Boys so, of Summer. And take a listen and see whether you can pick up the reference. I saw a dead head sticker on a Cadillac. <laughs> dead head sticker, of course, referring to? Well, the Grateful Dead, who will be uh, guesting on another music show very soon. Someone. One of my favourite bands and an iconic American band. And we, we might have discussed this at another time, but w- what would be the equivalent now of a dead head sticker on a Cadillac? In Australia, what what would be the 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 equivalent? It'd have to be something like an ACDC ACDC sticker on a Jeep, I guess. That's <laughs> probably as close as you get. Um, this is this is slightly obscure. It's, it was still a hit though. Remember Counting Crows from a few years back had a song called Mr. Jones. Oh, wonderful song. And who is referred to in Mr. Jones? Well, I'm guessing, but the the song to me sounds like Ballad of a Thin Man by Bob Dylan. So I'm I'm just guessing that. That might be the connection. More than guessing, Bill. Take a listen. There's the line there from Counting Crows, I want to be like Bob Dylan. <laughs> um, Billy Bragg has a, a beautiful song, a very uh, unusual theme of... Uh, about a woman who's in a, an abusive relationship and uh, and trying to get her through, she she thinks of uh, one of her favourite singers. When the world goes apart, I know this one because on a show that uh, that you did called the panel one of our favourite shows here in Australia. He talked you asked him about that song particularly and he explained that one of his favourite soul singers, uh, Levi Stubbs, who sang in a band called or in a group called the Four Tops for probably forty odd years, he he was someone that, that obviously Billy had great affection for and so in in the song he he's imagining this this young girl listening to Levi Stubbs music and tears rolling down her face because it was so emotional her listening experience Indeed. and it's interesting you say that cuz before we finish the show today I'd like to play you a Paul Carrick song Paul Carrick's a singer who a lot of people might know from doing the lead vocal on a song called How Long with a band called Ace then he sang Tempted for Squeeze and a magnificent song um, called The Living Years. Um, it was Mike and the Mechanics, wasn't Mike it? Mike and the Mechanics, where Paul was also the lead singer in that. But he, he's so in demand that he, he's recorded with people like Roger Waters, Eric Clapton, Elton John, B.B. King, and has released a new solo album uh, just recently called Soul Shadows. And by sheer coincidence, one of the songs on the album called Sweet Soul Legacy, uh, Paul name-checks a lot of his favourite singers, James Brown, Jackie Wilson, uh, Sam and Dave, who were Sam Moore and Dave Prater, and Levi Stubbs. All right, finally, Bill, I'm, I'm going to have to get out of here, get out of your hair, but I want to leave you with one more song that refers to another singer 
or band. It's an incredibly well-known song. Here's a little taste. It's James Taylor, Fire and Rain. What the heck is the reference in that song? Well... I know this because I had the pleasure of talking to James Taylor at one time in, in an interview, and he's extremely charismatic. He, he's quietly spoken, but was someone who you knew you were talking to someone that, that was pretty special. This was a bit later in his, in his career, and I'd probably heard that song so uh, many times. And Sweet Dreams and Flying Machines isn't about a plane crash. It's about a band he had called The Flying Machine that broke up. Oh. And it had a, a serious effect on his confidence, on, on a lot of things to do with him, because uh, he suffered from um, from mental illness at, at one time, and that didn't help. And there's a reference in the song also to a girl called Suzanne. Well, Suzanne wasn't a rock star or mm-hmm. a woman that he knew from showbiz. Is that just yesterday morning they let me know you were gone? Is that Suzanne? Yeah, she, Suzanne was someone that he okay. knew. He was in a rehabilitation facility. Ah, okay. And she, she was a young girl there who took her own life. Right. So this, it's a very sad mm. song. And it's, a, it's a song about mental illness. It's a song about disillusionment. Yes. And I heard Roger Whittaker. There's no, nothing against Roger, a fine singer. Absolutely. But I heard him doing a version of Fire and Rain one day with like a Count Basie big band. With a swing behind it, wasn't it? And it sort oh, of dear. lost the no, impact no. of what the song was they did about. get James Taylor was on an episode of The Simpsons when I can't remember was the he? premise, but there, there was a spaceship trapped up in in orbit, and they they asked him to sing a few uh, lines of Fire and Rain to kind of cheer the crew up, and he got <laughs> he got to the line about sweet dreams and fly machines in pieces on the ground, and they said thanks, Mr. Taylor, that'll uh, that'll be more enough. But it's in fact the fly machines was James Taylor's. One of his original bands. Yeah, his original band. There is the reference. We're not suggesting for a second that that's like an, a comprehensive list of every time one artist has referred to another, but it's an interesting theme. That'd be good to do on another show, wouldn't it? Pick, well, pick as many songs as we could think of that had a reference to. And there's a lot. There's a young girl from Melbourne called Jen Clower who did a song called David... Bowie's eyes, because a mate of hers had eyes that were different coloured pupils, oh, okay. as David Bowie did. So there's another one I just thought of. We could go on for hours, but Billy, I think our time is fast approaching. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be, I think, your first official guest here on the Music Show podcast. Look, it's been great, Tom, and on, on behalf of you and myself, I'd just like to say thank you to all the people who share um, our music show, look after each other and love the music. <laughs>